Hi, everybody. Welcome back. It's We're Play back. Games Lose Friends. It's Sunday, December 11th, 2022. This is episode 25. 25. 25 That's, and uh, 22. Legally able to rent a car, in, right? Is that thought, the right age? I thought I think. you could rent a car at 18. No? I don't know. Maybe don't someone know. lied to me at some point in time. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Well, either way, we're back from PAX, and uh, boy, do we have a lot to talk about. Oh, goodness. How many games did we play? What was the final tabulation? <sighs> was it, let's see, two, three, four, five. I think you said 17 games. Not 17 unique, but 17 Seven, total yeah, playthroughs. Yeah, it was 17, games. so, yeah, or 16, something Dear like God, that. Dear God, that that broke last year's record. Yeah, right? we had 11, I think, last year. Um, so... Four-hour Blood Rage mixed in there. Yeah. Probably hurt the total a little bit. But, yeah, we know, had 17 games played. We had 11 games played last year. Um, and then from a unique game perspective... Was it nine? 12. Ten. We had 12 yeah. unique. 12. <laughs> out, wow. of, out, of the, right. out of the 17 plays, 12 were unique. There were uh, three games that were played more than one time. Um, yeah. There was one game played more than two times. <laughs> so, and it's uh, been played several times since PAX. Yes. Which we will talk about. Oh, in a little bit. my God. This game. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. I'm looking forward All to right. this. Let's uh, talking about this game. Let's, <laughs> let's get started then. So, uh, why don't you kick us off with some intro and shout outs and then we'll, we'll dive into a little bubbly. It's been a while since we talked about beer. So carry, carry it away. Yes, yeah, so we've got two special shout-outs this episode, uh, one that you've heard several times before uh, on all of our episodes, and that is our friends over at the Drunken Disordered Podcast. It is a podcast centered around the uh, tabletop game Kings of War. Um, they, started a, they're a, they started a new series called The Drunk Tank, where um, some of the hosts will just break down small topics or small aspects of the game um, and give you a nice short, small little episode. Uh, maybe if you're just running to the corner store or something, you can probably get through it. I'm um, not sure where the future of it's going to go, but it was kind of cool anyway just to see something unique and different from the drunken, disordered guys. Um, I know they just completed a, uh, was it, Holiday Havoc uh, event uh, this weekend. So I'm sure there's uh, more coming down the pike from a content perspective, probably post-holiday. So that is the Drunken Disordered, a Kings of War podcast. And our second shout-out of this episode, which is a new one that we'll continue to, to talk through, is one of our friends uh, is a published author and has a book called Tales. What is it, A Backyard Adventure? Um so you can find this wherever books are sold. Um, I think we'll probably put a link in Amazon uh, to ours as well, where you can go and buy the book. It is for young adults um, who enjoy reading, and uh, it's very cool. All illustrated by our, our guy as well. So um, that is the author, uh, Michael Curran, and that is Tales, A Backyard Adventure. Did I get that right or did I bumble that up? <laughs> I think it's backyard story. A backyard story. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But yeah, uh, my daughter read it and loved it. Uh, I think she was one of the first. She was one of uh, Mike's proofreaders, so to speak, for the age demographic he was looking at, and she she loved it. So 
it's a great children's book. I know there's more coming and there's a, a website coming too, which we'll probably plug once it's up and running fully. So check the book out if you get a chance. And check out Drunken Disordered, of course. As always, it's very entertaining to listen to. Uh, that does it for our, our shout outs. Why don't we talk about beverages? I'll go uh, first because I'm yeah, please. excited to discuss this. Uh, just a tip of the old Kengal to, uh, to Joseph for purchasing <laughs> a six pack of Hop Slam for me. I've been enjoying that recently. I chilled a couple earlier and I'm drinking one out of my actual Hop Slam goblet. This is my favorite beer of all time still to this day. Is that from Bell's? Is that Bell's? It is from Bell's, yes. Mm. Bell's Hop Slam. Used to be only available early January in these parts, uh, and now they seem to be making it a lot sooner than they used to and shipping a lot more, a lot more quantity than they did before. So uh, I see six-packs everywhere, and I was at a restaurant on Friday night. We had a kidless evening, and uh, they had it on tap, so Ooh. this is my third one of the weekend. <laughs> But it was delicious on tap. You can't beat that beer on tap. It's just, it just has so much more depth than it can. But the oh, cans Joe gave me still taste good. So that is uh, Bell's. And it's a 10 percenter, as you know, from PAX. I was just going to say, I'm, def- I'm definitely familiar with the uh, with the Hop Slam. Yeah. Um, it's a really good IPA. Though. I enjoyed like, it. They go down pretty bitter, easy. sweet. Yeah. It's just <laughs> such a good, good beer. You don't no know you're, uh, for, you know, you're chugging 10 percent. No, it's delicious. <laughs> what are you having? So I uh, needed to resupply the fridge for the holidays. So uh, hit my local uh, beer distributor today, uh, and they must have just got a restock of New Trail. So I got about four or five different varieties of New Trail. Uh, I had some wow. of their uh, flagship uh, Broken Heel earlier today, and now I've moved on to... The uh, New Trail Replenish IPA, which is a West Coast uh, IPA, uh, 7.5. It has no bitter. Yes, notes of sticky pine, deep citrus, bright, crisp, and balanced. So that, oh. is, that is Replenish IPA from New Trail. Love, 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 love New Trail. So. There's something strangely and awkwardly erotic when you read all of the flavor <laughs> profile out to us. I well, think that's the part people just replay over and over on this podcast. Yeah, it's just on repeat. <laughs> it's on repeat. It's just you going, notes of pine tar. All right, uncomfortable silence. Let's move on. Awkward. Yes, new trail. <laughs> new trail's great. I, I wish, like, I wish I could get six stools. Uh, on a regular, not not just like Broken Heels, because Broken Heels is always available, but like some of their other ones, probably the smaller batch stuff that's hard to get. But I would buy those. And they're not terribly expensive either for how high quality they are. Like that brewery just is so good. I think yeah, I've so, talked about them like a hundred times on here. Because yeah. Just all their beers are good. Well, yeah. And and when I said I got a variety, I got, I got regular Broken Heels. I got Tangerine Broken Heels. I got Replenish. Um, I got Gearhead, and I got a dry hopped Pilsner from them. Uh, I forget what it's called, but it's in like these little yellow cans. And I was like, oh my God, I need this. So, so yeah. Uh, and then I had gotten. Yeah, the tangerine's really good too. Oh, then they, uh, it's called, is it Lamplight? 
I forget what it is. It's like a pineapple IPA. So I got that one as well. So that was six different varieties of new trail I picked up today. So yeah, I'm excited to uh, uh, indulge. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be a good holiday. Yeah. Merry (laughs) Christmas to me. Indeed. All right. We went to PAX. Let's talk about it. Let's share our experiences with the world. It is such a good time. We look forward to it so much. We had such a great time again this year. I made the mistake of telling everyone we should get there earlier this year, and we stood in line for two hours playing Marvel Snap (laughs) while the line next to us didn't fill up at all. Not a bad – We could have gotten there later. Bad use of two hours, though. What's that? (laughs) It's not a bad use of two hours. (laughs) No. But in the freezing cold, uh, you know. Oh no, we got to wait inside. We oh, inside, oh, nice, so nice, no nice. Concern about the weather okay. there. We were um, queuing in the in the main line uh, to get in. T- there was only one entrance, and once you got your, uh, you know, your badge and your vaccine wristband or whatever they give you, you can, uh, you know, queue up in the main area and, or sorry, go in through the the sky bridge or whatever it is that we used to yeah. go through. Um, but it was only a single entrance this time. But yeah, we were inside. And this is I the, think I'm going to get there later next year. And this is the fifth wasn't, wasn't year, right? Early. We started in 2017. There wasn't one in 2020. Got picked back up in 21. And now this was the 22, right? So five years. That's Six right. total. Okay. Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah, this is- five, five years. For those who don't know, is a uh, board game. Uh, centric convention here in the in northeast Pennsylvania, uh, in the beautiful state of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Um, and it's just amazing to have a convention like this so close to home, um, especially with yeah. a hobby that we uh, can't get enough of. Are addicted to, um, <laughs> can't spend enough on. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and if a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. And if we're ever accused of anything, it's because of a board game, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know about so. that, but that's probably most of it at this point. <laughs> yeah, it's it's great having it so close, and it's the the guys that have started packs have it's just born of love over the years and. All the other ones are video game focused conventions is the only one that's primarily focused on board game and tabletop. So if you are a board gamer or a war gamer or a card player or whatever, uh, it's definitely the place to go and admissions fairly cheap. It's full of, of stuff. There's new games to look at. There's first look titles. There's play sessions. There's tournaments. There's an expo area where you can shop. There's everything you can imagine. They've got all kinds of cool shows. D and D. Also, there's what independent, independent um, game publishers. There's uh, people yep. publishing, uh, you know, who still have their prototypes and they're looking for play testers. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it there's, is just there's, chock full of. I mean, anything board games. There's something there. There's AEG's booth and and cool minis booth all the way down to uh you know two old ladies who are demoing their their little party game for the first time like it's just <laughs> yeah it's such a awesome mix and if you're a fan of of gaming it's a great place to be so yeah five years running now and we've had a, a, a good time every single time we spent a lot less time at the show this year because last year i think was the first year where we set up shop in the hotel room yeah with a a folding table and a whole bunch of chairs and just slam games all weekend. So we decided, Hey, let's, uh, 
let's go peruse the uh, the wares. We'll pick up what we want to pick up, and we'll head back earlier and try and get more games in. And that was a big reason why we smacked out 17 this time. So, um, But the yeah, show itself I mean, was a lot of fun. I we would were, definitely go later next year. But uh, And I, I think next year I'd like to stick, stick around a little longer to check out some of the first look area stuff because there were some things I didn't get to demo that I probably would have liked to. So we'll see how next year goes. But, yeah, a lot of fun. So do we want to move the bot portion to the this you know bought it pack segment? Because um, I know you got some stuff, I got some stuff. Or do we want to wait till the end for that? Yeah, we could do it now. Sure, let's let's mix it up, keep people on their toes. So, yeah, because honestly, this kicks off because you you got more than me because <laughs> this was um, <laughs> big surprise. Yeah, so this was actually all I purchased since uh, we we talked and recorded last. Um, was, uh, the haul at PAX. So <clears throat> I am, I, I think people know by now I'm a sucker for, uh, Chase edition of, uh, Funko, uh, products. And from a PAX perspective, they were, uh, unveiling a new version of Battle World, which came with a Chase starter set of a unique Carnage figure. So, uh, we found, uh, that version, so Series 4 Chase uh, starter set, and then we found the Squid Game uh, small box chase and the big box chase, and then uh, I guess, what was it, a promo? Uh, it's 100% chase, a rare prototype figure uh, of the Bride of Frankenstein when you purchased um certain amount of games. You got the all gold Bride of Frankenstein mini stand and shovel item that can be used with the Universal Monsters set. So that was the Funko Games booth for me. Um, I had one other thing purchased. Do you want to go next, Ryan? And I'll do my last nah, one. Finish yours out. Go for it. So, and then the last one was from Pandasaurus. And this was, or Calcum. I think I talked a little bit about it as being on the list, um, yep. you know, last episode. So, um, uh, this was its premiere, I think, for the community, maybe at retail as well. Um, so, I cracked it open. Components are cool, uh, except for one little thing, which we'll talk about eventually down the road when we review Orakalkum, because I think we're going to really enjoy this game. Yeah. Uh, did I miss After anything? looking at it, I'm excited to play it. Did I miss anything? Uh, was that everything? No. I think that was I it, I think right? that was everything. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, both of us had lists, and safe to say, like, most of our lists either weren't there or weren't available if, if – I mean, that was part of the reason I wanted to get there early was to get ahead of some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I did enjoy learning what a chase was because you literally had to explain this to me like three times. <laughs> I'm like, what are you talking about? What the hell is a chase? Yeah. So for those no, who don't no. know, a chase is a small uh, – there's a variant in the uh, product itself. It is a rare sort of a – I believe it's one in four. So there's a 25% chance that you could pull a chase. Uh, and it's what Funko does pretty regularly with their pops, with their pins, uh, with their play sets, and now they do it with their board games. So being a sucker not only for Chase, but a sucker for board games, 
uh, I had to sort of Pokemon and collect them all. So that's where I'm at. In you. <laughs> yes. They know your weakness. Yeah. But yeah, Funko like, Verse is awesome. I walked up to get it for you and, and I'm like, I need this stuff. I need your chases. And he's like, Oh, okay. He's like, Oh, do you know like what you're looking for? And I read off the list and he's like, okay, I'll come back. And I look at it and I'm like, what, what is, I don't understand. He's like, Oh, it has a chase sticker. I'm like, yeah, what does that mean? And he's like, Oh, one of every four boxes has a chase. And I'm like, so if I were to go through that stack over there, I could just pull every fourth box and just get all chase. He's like, yep. I'm like, okay. Benefits of getting here early, I guess. <laughs> they just like had them stacked up. You could just yank the fourth box out. Yeah, because chases away. won't last because they're rarely they're you know, they're again it's pretty rare. Um, you'll and some of these products, especially in the Funko Verse uh, games, um, don't really even have retail store presence anymore. Um, I don't know if it just uh, uh, you know Target doesn't carry much anymore. Yeah, um, Walmart has maybe one version. Uh, they went heavy. Uh, on last season for Alice in Wonderland and Jurassic Park, and then they ended up discounting them and clearancing. So I don't think they really renewed too much. Uh, but yeah. I enjoy the game. I find it very fun. Um, it's a uh, sort of a a light, uh, unmatched sort of style game where you can okay. um, uh, choose characters from any sort of world. So. You know, you've anywhere from Golden Girls to Space Jam to Harry Potter to Squid Game, which we just purchased at PAX, um, can can go head to head and try to accomplish their mission uh, per scenario, uh, depending on which 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 map you play. There's unique scenarios in each map, so uh, and they come in sort of four pack big box sets. They come in two pack. Uh, smaller sets, and then you can even get them down to just a single character set, um, which they've done that a few times with someone cool like uh, like Thanos from Marvel or um, uh, Darkwing Duck was a, a convention Ooh. exclusive. And I'm trying to think. Oh, the Kool Aid Man uh, was a <laughs> was a was a single unit. And then the other single I think I have is uh, is it a Gretsuko? That weird little fox girl from Netflix, that Japanese animation where she's like a like a corporate worker during the day and then a metal karaoke singer at night. I have um, no idea. You have no idea what I'm talking about? No. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait to I can't wait to educate you on that. Um but yeah, so that I think is the other single character I have. Um which comes with a chainsaw, so that I think is the cool part. So um but yeah, so that's Funkoverse in a nutshell. Interesting. I haven't played it. We'll have to try it at some point in time. I call it yeah. Golden Girls, though. It just sounds great. <laughs> you, you're, you're a total Blanche. <laughs> I just want to whoop your ass with B. Arthur. With B. Arthur, amazing. Ah, uh, the jokes. Uh, my my buy list was a lot smaller than I was anticipating, which was probably a good thing for my wallet's sake. Uh, I picked up Fall of the Mountain King. Uh, they had 20 Kickstarter copies left and I got number 18, which was awesome. So there were still 17 left when I walked away and I'm pretty sure they sold out of those. Uh, that was around a hundred bucks and I haven't opened it yet. I gave it to my wife to wrap for Christmas <laughs> as a gift for me. Uh, <laughs> I tend to just provide her whatever it is that I want and just tell her to wrap it. And she's like, all right, that's good. Cause then she doesn't have to do the shopping and I know what I want anyway. So it saves her the time. That's how uh, predictable this has gotten over the years with the two of us in Christmas, which is fine with us. And then the other one I picked up 
Um, actually, no, there were two more I picked up. Um, Nidavellir expansion, which I was not expecting to see. So there was Thing of Valir, a terrible name for an expansion, but that was the second one. They released a third one called Olivar or something like that. I can't even remember the name of it because I already threw the box out and put the, the contents in <laughs> nice. the main box. Um, but I was just so adds, proud that you bought an expansion. I know it's rare for I you. Know. I saw a tear in your eye when I got back. <laughs> when I saw uh, it, I wept. It. <laughs> <laughs> Tears of joy. Like your child was born. Yeah. Uh, it is really weird. It changes the game quite a bit. Rather than in the second phase of drafting uh, drafting dwarves like you normally do, you draft a mix of gods, animals, and I think like heroes or something like that. I can't remember what the other one was. And they all have like unique powers and abilities. So it really, really changes the game. I'm, I'm very interested to get that played so we can see what changes it makes to the actual gameplay itself. Obviously, the drafting is going to be weirder, but some of these powers look pretty good and some of them look kind of shitty, but maybe there's some synergies in there too that I'm just not seeing because I just scanned through the cards. Um, but yeah, I was a, kind of surprised to see that there and snagged that up almost immediately. And then I got promo cards with it, which are the ones I already had. <laughs> so I have extra promos if you ever get Nidavellir. Nice. That, um, the, that art is so awesome on this new expansion. I am so excited to try and play this. Yeah, the art on the cards, like they must have listened because the people were like, the dwarf art looks terrible. <laughs> and the art on the new ones is just way, way better. It looks it's so cool, so especially good. like the animals and the gods. They look really nice. So all I need to do is just get some metal coins. I was looking. They have like uh, nice plastic ones on Etsy. I'm like, no, nah, it's not going to do. They didn't have them at the convention? The clinking. They did not, no. Uh, did you ask them? Yeah, they don't have them. I think they're just hard to find. Okay. I will keep my eyes open for dwarf coins. They're high on my list. We might as well uh, find last a, one. a blacksmith and have them smelted for you at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I might have better luck getting that done than actually finding the coins that <laughs> they sell. So you're probably on to something there. Uh, the last one I picked up, which was uh, a – I wouldn't say a surprise hit, but it was a hit for us over the weekend, which was Cat in the Box. Um, that's been fairly hard to get a hold of lately. And so when I s walked up to the Bezier, Bezier games or however you say it, I, uh, I saw it sitting there. I'm like, well, I'm purchasing that right now. I think it was like 30, which is normal retail price, I think. So it wasn't a bad deal and, uh, snagged that and walked out of there with that. So I was happy. Um, and we'll get to, cat in the box in a little bit because we played that the most out of every game we played over that weekend spoiler uh, the only other one i yeah the only other one i didn't get but should have was renature i've been looking at renature for a while it's another one of those like nature themed games that under underneath is just like broken glass and acid and hatred um <laughs> it's a like a domino laying game yeah, but you you know have to accomplish certain objectives and it was on sale. I think it's normally like 40 or 45. It was 35 bucks. And I'm like, oh, I'll come back. And then we just never went back to get it. So womp womp should have gotten that one, but, uh, I'll find it again on sale at some point, I'm sure. So, um, in terms of other purchases, there was a lot of stuff there. There was uh, chip theories booth had cloud spire. I've always wanted to get that. It just looks really cool to me. Um, Everdell had a, my little Everdell 
kind of game that you actually linked to me recently. I didn't know <laughs> yeah. they were making that, and that was there. It's the first time I saw it in person, and you could buy copies, but I kind of just have everything ever dealt. I'm like, I just got the collector's complete collector's edition. I'm good. Um, you know, and there were AG had a ton of stuff, and um, Pandasaurus. There were so many, so many games. It's just hard to walk out of there with just a little bit. But we loaded up early. We left and we got back to the hotel and then we set up shop and we got started. So let's, uh, let's dive into what we played. You want to just rattle down the list and we'll talk one by well, one or how do you well, want to structure this? Well, actually, let's, let's set the tone a little bit. So, um, as Ryan mentioned <laughs> earlier, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, you know, you guys were back early. Um, so you guys went, what 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 one one fifteen one thirty at the latest? I think in the we, were, afternoon? we were at the show for about not counting standing in line, rough close to three hours before okay, we headed back. Because you had the twelve fifteen train, so that's about a half hour. So twelve forty five. So let's say one o'clock. You guys, let's just round up, right? One o'clock. You guys get back, um, and we, uh, you know, we shoot the breeze a little bit, and we set up base camp. Uh, in one of the rooms, and by base camp, I mean uh, several coolers, the <laughs> um, table, and four chairs, chairs, and bags and bags of snacks and munchies. Um, there was more beef jerky in that hotel room than a Wawa. <laughs> it was almost like a slaughterhouse. There was so much meat. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it smelled so bad in there by the end of the weekend. It was like just the odor of man. It was awful. Yeah, so, um, so I want to say we probably got rolling on our first game. What about two o'clock, two thirty, something like that? Yeah, I think and it was two thirty. Yeah, and our first game uh, again. If you if you listened to last uh, last episode, episode twenty four, we broke down the games we brought uh, and then some of the things we were looking for. So uh, we went right to the bags of things we brought that people were just dying to to try and dying to play. And we started the day Friday afternoon with Bad Company. Um, and Bad Company is a, I'm trying to think of how, a little bit more to, to roll in place. Past, yeah, it's like a roll in, uh, you know, you roll the dice and depending on what's rolled, you then get to take actions based on numbers, um, that you have on your unique player boards in front of you. You try to outrun the police to get more bonuses. You recruit more gang members to upgrade your numbers. Um, let's see. What else? And you try to complete heists to ultimately be the sort of the burglar gang that has the uh, most of one of four, if not all four treasures. And that's gold bars, sacks of money. Uh, was it diamonds paintings. And, and paintings? Yep. Yeah. So thank you. Uh, so that was maybe what a two hour play, something like that. We yeah, set up there. and teach because it was new for a lot of people. Um, but then once we got rolling, it seemed to pick up speed. Everyone seemed to grasp it pretty quickly. Um, what were your overall thoughts on it? I know it was new for you. This is, yeah, this is one of those ones that I walked away from it thinking I like that game. And then I started thinking about it more after the weekend. And I was like, I wouldn't play that game again. I don't think over some other titles, like, like what draw. I don't know. It just 
like if I had to sit down and look at like our library of games, I don't think I would pick Bad Company. And it's not because Bad Company isn't a good game. Like I think it's a perfectly fine game and I enjoyed playing it. But when I was done, I was like, I'd, I'd be okay if we played something else. Like I, and, and I think about like as I'm going further into this hobby, when I stick something on the shelf, I'm like, am I going to bring this back out again? Or am I just going to play it this one time to like try it and then be like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't play this one enough and then eventually gets purged. That's kind of how I felt about Bad Company. It wasn't a bad game. Hmm. And I enjoyed the time we spent playing it. But it's it's like it's getting harder for games to stand out for me anymore. And, and that felt like it fell in that group. Now, do you own uh, Catan or Machikoro? I had Machikoro, got rid of it because yeah. the first edition is just broken. Yeah, same with and me. I got yeah, rid of Machikoro as well. Forever. Yeah, and I don't own an original Catan. Um, I have the two-player Catan. And the dice game of Catan that yeah. I haven't ever played. I have original. So <laughs> mine is very old. Because um, this replaces both of those games for me. Um but I hear you and understand from your perspective. Um, and maybe this is one of those because it was one of my grails of 2022, why it still holds a special place. Because um, I had to import it. But um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, not- I hear what you're saying. But um, I, again, if you don't own a Machikoro or a Katan, I think this is this for sort of fills that void because I think it's better than Machikoro. And it's different enough that I could see you owning both a Catan and this, but you don't necessarily yeah, need sure. both. Um, nor do I think it's necessarily you should buy this over Catan because it's different enough. Um, but it definitely is better than Machikoro, in my opinion. I think this is like a, a fun tongue-in-cheek dice placement game that the theme is good and the goofiness of like the character art and stuff works really well. And like, you're constantly swapping things between each other and stealing stuff, which is cool. Kind of goes with the theme. Like, I think it's a fine game. I really do. It's just like, I I, am starting to think about stuff that when I buy it, I'm like, am I going to get enough out of the, you know, 40, 50, $60 I'm going to pay to justify this. And that just felt like one that, that wasn't there for me, but it was fun when we played it. I think everybody enjoyed it. What else is on the list? Well, <clears throat> how did that – do you know who won Bad Company? And I'm not trying to be silly if it was me. Um, I don't remember. I, I think we tried to do the rule where, like, whoever won got to pick the next game. But I don't know if it ever really 100% went that way the entire <laughs> day and a half. But regardless, uh, the next game we played was Cat in the Box. Uh Ryan, you know, I mentioned earlier, he bought it. We didn't know it was going to be there necessarily or that the, uh, they were going to have stock of it. And it's been on my list for a while to wanting to play, wanting to try. And we rolled, we played that game. Ryan, give us the brief synopsis of the rules. We played the first, well, we played both of these games wrong. Uh, spoiler alert, we played it <laughs> twice in a row because we played with the, uh, two to three player side of the tricks that you could bid for versus the four to five, which are significantly different. So we were playing on like almost God mode, right? For trick taking, if it was you would, right? Harder. It was much harder. <laughs> right. Um, 
but we didn't find that out until day two. So, um, uh, but it definitely, well, I don't want to jump ahead. So, um, so Ryan, do you want to walk us through cat in a box a little bit? Or do you want me to? Yeah, I'll, I'll try. It's, uh, if you've ever played any trick taking games, it's very similar to those pinochle or spades or anything like that. The trick with this one is there's a board where you insert some cards that list numbers and colors, uh, red, yellow, green, and blue. And as you play a card, it doesn't have a suit or a color associated with it. So you let's say you play an eight, you're going to have to declare the color and then put one of your personal tokens on this numbered board to cover that number on that color. So if I play an eight, I could say it's blue and I got to put a token on a blue eight. What that means is that no one else, the rest of the game or that round at least is able to play a blue eight because that token is already on that spot and therefore it's taken and cannot be reused. Red is the Trump suit. So you, if you know, if you ran out of blue, you could play red to Trump, but every time you play off the lead suit, meaning I, someone leads with a green and I play a red to trumpet, I have to take, a token off this little card in front of me and put it on that number. And when I do that, it reveals an X on that card when that means you can no longer play that color for the rest of the round. So over time, as these numbers get eaten up and as you play off suit and lose your ability to play certain colors, your options are very, very restricted. And at some point in time late in the round, and I don't think we ever made it through a round where we didn't have this happen. Something called a paradox happens. Paradox. The player, yeah, the player who can't play a card because of either suit restrictions or all their numbers have been taken for the colors that they're holding, or sorry, all the colors that they can play on the numbers have been taken. Uh, a paradox happens and that player basically ends the round immediately and they score no points and everyone else can potentially score, but the trick just dies. It can't be taken by anybody. You score points through tricks as well as you bet on how many tricks you think you're going to take ahead of the round being played. And if you hit that number, you'll get a bonus based off uh, the largest group of adjacent tokens on that number board. So there's a ver- the scoring is super simple. It's extremely hard to score a lot of points in this game. Um, you have to weigh your cards that you get with your bet. If you want to be conservative or if you want to get aggressive and try and score big points, um, it's just really interesting and a very, very cool, fresh take on trick-taking games. Um, we played a lot of this. Uh, we've played it since PAX, which is you know something that I'm happy to say because I think we've played it with a different group now and everybody liked it in that group as well. Um, but yeah, you, you wanted to eat up as much of this as possible during the weekend. I, I'd like to know why. Um, so I felt um- – that my performance in any of the times playing it did not <laughs> demonstrate how actually good in my head I think I am at trick-taking games. However, uh, earlier in the week when we played it with a different group and I didn't have four or five hop slams in me, um, I I really saw the game differently. Uh, I think I made the joke, like, this game's different sober, right? Like... <laughs> Um, because it is, yeah, it's a hundred percent different and, uh, you see, and you think differently, uh, with a clear, clear mind, clear head. Um, but I love this game. I think it's, it's so unique, so different. Um, if you have ever played a trick taking game, you have never played a game quite like this. And 
the things that work in other trick-taking games that you can hang your hat on, that you're like, oh, that's a guaranteed point, that's a guaranteed trick, that's a guaranteed this. There are no guarantees in this game. Um, except for the fact that someone will paradox. You just don't want to yeah. be that first. You don't, you just don't want to be the first one to do it. So, um, again, I wanted to, I wanted to play more of it because I didn't quite get it. And obviously, as we found out, we played the one rule wrong regarding the side of the board to use. Um, but again, you know, four, four, five inebriated fellows looking at cardboard, you were going to miss it. It happens. Um, yeah. But, um, because I think, I think I, what was the joke? Like, I was like, I just want two tricks. Why do I always have to do one, three, or four? Yeah. What's going on? I want to I want to take two tricks. And then the other <laughs> side of the board is one, two, one trick, two tricks, and three tricks. So, yeah. So, <laughs> I think your observation about those of us, like, I grew up playing Pinochle. I know you grew up playing Pinochle and Spades and some other stuff. All the things you know about trick taking games apply here, but there's also that uh limited nature to everything you're doing and the fact that you have to be acutely aware of the numbers being played the numbers in your hand uh the colors that people can't play there's a lot more to pay attention to i think than just kind of counting cards and knowing you know yeah, who's played what when you meld or whatever well the beauty um, of this is is it almost negates card counting to a degree right yeah. because um a couple of things that you know we didn't get into but uh, it's numbers one to nine, and there are five of each number, but there are only four spots for each number on the board. So you might get a hand of three eights and like be like, Oh my God, that's like two tricks guaranteed, right? But you don't know where those other two eights are. And then once you get your hand of nine cards, you're going to pitch one card away secretly. So no one knows. And one of your cards is not going to get used in a trick. So it's, uh, seven tricks out of nine sort of potential tricks that you could do that you'll actually, uh, get to play. One that gets thrown secretly and then whatever your last card is. However, as I mentioned earlier, the paradox happens a lot. It could come down to that last trick when that paradox hits, but if not sooner, but more than likely it does happen sooner. So it's hard to count the num count cards because there's five. You don't know what people threw away and you don't also know what people are trying to hold on to. Because they they don't want a paradox, so it's a it adds a little bit more to the card counting, I think yeah, anyway. And one of the best parts about that too with the paradox is that if you see someone doing very well and hitting their goal with tricks, you can get them to take an additional trick to lose their bonus and not score the adjacent tokens, or you as a group can almost to get force a paradox upon somebody. Yeah. So you, you really, there's in, in trick taking games, there's some counterplay, but not to that level. This one is almost like malicious in its intent to screw the, the guy that's ahead or, or the gal that's ahead. So it's really, really cool. It's such a unique take on trick taking games. And it was by far one of the most fun ones we played. Yeah. Even the little take that that happens on the number board, right? Where you're trying to get like yep. a column or a row of two or three. And again, you don't get. What was the max points that you, that you, that people have gotten, right? Four from the board, right? And that's when people left them alone, right? So you're trying to get at least two, a min two of two cubes next to each other on that board. 
But then you've got people that are putting numbers right next to you, stopping you from getting more. So then you have to go somewhere else. And then there's someone else that'll stop you on that side of the, the numbers. So it, it adds a little unique thing to this game um, with that extra set yeah. of scoring. Um, but I... I love this game. I've always loved trick-taking games. You, you know, you mentioned earlier, we, I, I was raised on trick-taking games. Uh, I, I shared a story. I used to, you know, play, uh, play spades every week for probably two years, something like that. Pre-kids. <laughs> um, so yeah. So it was, um, it, it, it's, I'm glad we got it. Yeah. I'm glad. Yes. And, and what, what did we, because we played this one time. I believe we also sold one, two, three, four, five more copies of this game because the people we played it with yeah. <laughs> went out and ran, and ran, ran, you know, just ran to Amazon and bought another copy. Um, yeah, it's it's so good. So if if there's anything you guys as listeners hear from this episode, it is go buy Cat in the Box if you yeah. like card games because it's and again it's one of the best I played all year. I think it's only available on Amazon right now. It's hard to find, um, but. Yeah. So, before, we don't need to talk more about Cat in the Box, but I will state that this, you know, I think, Ryan, you mentioned it, It's uh, this was our most played game in a day and a half. So, Cat in the Box was played two, three, four, four times in a day and a half. And then we've played it once since, so five times total. I don't know if you got any plays to plays on it by itself. So that's five times in less than a week of just that and, one and just game. All the games we played in that, you know, week's time frame were with five players and it's roughly, I would say roughly an hour for a game. Uh, yeah. Each player gets to go as the first player once in a five player game. So there's a lot of game packed into that hour. It is extremely fun. All right. So I guess, <laughs> spoiler, I didn't win. <laughs> Cat in the Box the entire day and a half. I didn't win Cat in the Box <laughs> until like three days ago, right? So when we when I played sober. So uh, note to myself: play Cat in the Box sober. So sober it. and with three people who never played before. <laughs> I guess that's fair. All right. So the next game, I believe you selected. So we chose to set this one up um, because this one had a pretty. Decent size, uh, board, board presence, um, because that's when we also went and ordered food. So some people, so we set the game up, went and ordered food, came back, ate, and then got right into the world of Flamecraft. Yes. So Flamecraft. Yes. You, you mentioned that. So Flamecraft is a, um, how do I put this? What is it like a, a worker, worker placement ish game with, um, sort of set collection regarding the dragons, resource management, and, um, I guess what would you consider the enchantments? Almost like goals, like public goals that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So it almost has like a yep. weird pick up and deliver mechanism where like, if you want to do an enchantment, you go to the you know the diamond uh, store, and then you enchant the diamond store with a diamond enchantment. So it's almost like a pick up and deliver mechanism, pretty much, yeah. And you, it's whoever has the most points at the end uh, wins. Uh, turns are pretty simple. You can either move to a location, 
and do a whole bunch of move actions, which is, uh, you know, there's four or five different move actions. As the town grows, as the stores grow, you get more and more stuff to do at those locations. Or you can enchant a location. And that is where you would complete one of the public objectives and uh, score victory points based on what the card does. You would you know, cash in resources, and then you would sort of upgrade that store for the next time someone goes. It doesn't have take that in a sense, because when you go to someone's location that they're already on with your dragon pawn, you have to pay them a resource. Uh, the whole green dragon faction is predicated on sharing resources for victory points. So it doesn't have a nasty bone in it, but I could see how people could get frustrated with it because of everything's public, everything's open. So everyone sees everything. So you might be able to try to do something and someone gets there before you. So it almost becomes a race uh, in a lot of different, you know, uh, a lot of different circumstances. So that is Flamecraft. Ryan, anything I missed? No, I, I, I had a good opinion of it going in and I had a good opinion of it coming out. Uh, it was, the presentation's awesome. The artwork's great. It's very kind of kitty theme, but not so much in terms of play. There's enough strategic depth and complexity there, I think, to keep you coming back. What really got me though was the variability of locations and there was a deck of cards for more locations that we didn't even touch. There's so much variability in setup and play from play to play to play that I think you could play this game like 50 times and never play the same game twice, which is really good. Um, all the components were awesome. The mat's great. I think the table presence of this thing is enormous. Like it's larger than, uh, I've anticipated. So we barely fit it on that table. Um, but I walked away pretty happy. I'm glad we got to play it and I definitely would play it again. I've, I've looked at potentially getting that one, um, the deluxe edition, but like it's another one of those games that I'm likely to only play with, with the gaming group. So I don't think I would play it with the family. So I probably won't pick it up, but I liked it a lot. It was fun. You've played it more than once now, right? Yeah. So we played it. So that was my third time playing it. Uh, I've played it with uh, the family a few times here and I, I, I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I think it's, uh, it, we we joke about overproduction. I mean, it's definitely overproduced. Um, yeah, but it's got a lot of 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 beauty and unique to it, which um, you could set that up somewhere if you had the space, um, and just people would walk by and be like, "Oh my god, this is so beautiful!" It's got metal coins. It's got uh, you know miniatures for your your pieces. Um, the 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 reputation track are beautiful uh, meeple hearts. Um, it's just, uh, uh, you know, the resources are all unique. What is there? Little, little coal, little pieces of meat, pieces of bread, diamonds. I mean, Potions. you name it. I mean, this thing is beautiful. Potions. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a beautiful, beautiful game when you see it. Yeah. And it plays. I'm glad you liked it. It plays it, nice and smooth. I think. I'm glad you liked it. It felt a little long because we were learning as we went, but I think that game would play faster if we played it a second time. Unlike another one we'll mention later, I think just takes a long time, but this one I feel like would play a lot faster. So I would definitely go back to the well, but yeah, it was really good. I liked it. Yeah. So this did take us well into the evening, uh, after dinner. 
Um, again, giving you guys the, the, the almost thematic nature of our Friday evening. Um, so this, uh, was, and then we had a good cleanup session with this one. Um, and we moved into our last game of Friday evening, which was Libertalia. Yes. Ryan, you want to take Libertalia? Yeah. So we've talked about this before. We played it once at a game night, uh, but it's a rehash of the original Libertalia. This one's the Stonemeyer production called Libertalia Winds of Galecrest, where you're a, a bunch of salty sea dogs and you, uh, get dealt a hand of cards and everybody has the exact same cards. And you're basically placing these cards uh, hidden face down and then flipping all together. And you order them and execute a bunch of phases in order from left to right and then back again from right to left. And you claim loot tokens on the second phase, which help affect your score. So you're basically trying to collect treasure, not collect the bad treasure, uh, potentially screw over the other players to get better stuff. Uh, it's just one of those... Easy to play, fun, kind of take that, kind of not games. Um, one of those, those ones that's like a good one to kind of close out a night with or, or you're, you know, you want to get something fairly quick in. It's not real long. So we played it before. I think everybody enjoyed playing it again. Um, I also brought it along because it's five players. We had five people this year. So it worked well. I think everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. I love Libertalia. I thought the, we got a good selection of crewmates. Some that we haven't seen prior, yeah. which is awesome because um, I think that's the part that I love the most about Libertalia is the uniqueness in the crew that you can assign. And I think with the Galecrest one especially, I feel like they added a whole bunch of, of new crew. I think so. Uh, that are not in the original base Libertalia, which is – again, I'm a base Libertalia fan. I love it. Love this version as well. Um, I think the art – I know people hate the art. Um, but I like, uh, anthropomorphic, uh, <laughs> artwork. So, uh, I love it by default. Um, and, uh, I think this was good. Um, we, again, it took a little, it took a little bit, I think. Um, I, was it someone was new to it that we were walking them through it? Yeah, I Kirby hadn't played. Up the five of and, us. and then the other thing, too, is like we're playing with yeah. five, and so five's always going to take longer than four. I think we just had to accept Yeah, going that. up the track, down the track, pick this, pick that, night phase, all that. Yeah, so um, – but this was the last game that we played um, Friday night. And I think, what, this is into the wee morning of Saturday at this point? Yeah, we uh, – I think it was like one one thirty. We were like, should we play more or should we call it? Yeah. And we've decided to call it because we, we knew Saturday was going to be like a goddamn marathon, and it was. So what do, what do we start with Saturday morning? <laughs> So Saturday morning we started it right with Cat in the Box, <laughs> um, and I think we played it twice right away back to back. Um, I know I wasn't happy, and I think I had one Libertalia, so I got to pick. You, the next you woke day's up, game threw up started. in your mouth a little, and you're like, "That must be for my Cat in the Box yeah. play. I need to re redeem myself." <laughs> yeah. Yes, and then continued to poo the litter box for two more rounds. <laughs> Good uh, reference. So much that I think during the second game, I actually started punching out uh, tokens and pieces for the next game we were going to play. Because we talked about it during the game, what we would play next, <laughs> uh, which would take us into lunch. Um, so I just – I don't know what it was. I Maybe it was because I started drinking early, but uh, we'll Could see. be. But yeah. <laughs> Who knew you needed cognitive function to win board games? 
I don't know. I, I, so <laughs> that takes us to uh, a new game. We uh, Joe bought at PAX at the Pandasaurus booth called The Wolves. And The Wolves was uh, almost on my honorable mention list that in case, like, nothing else was there, I, I would have picked up The Wolves. Didn't leave empty-handed. Um, but, like, I – Yes, and uh, as I mentioned, we I was punching with Joe and, and some others during the second game of Cat in the Box in preparation for the Wolves. So we set the Wolves up. It was all unpunched, uh, and this is, I think, right around lunchtime. If, or is that the next game we went into lunch? Next game. Uh, next game was lunch. lunch. Cause we set it up. Yeah, we feasting so, on beef jerky and corn chips and other shit that was laying on that table. Yeah, our, our, yeah, our brunch of gummy bears, nine yeah. percent beers, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and beef jerky. Yes. So, yeah. So, well, that's living. That's facts, oh, baby. But the wolves. Uh, do you, yeah. Do you want to? Do you want me to try to talk through the wolves, or do you want to chime in uh, here? I'll give, I'll you give it my best try uh this is a unique one it is an area control style game but the areas don't stay uh important the entire game there's sort of a rotating uh way they they focus on the areas to score and you need to have strength presence through the uh the presence of actual wolves or dens or what was the one above dens i can't remember was it like a cave or something i can't remember but basically, you score points based off uh, first place and second place in terms of strength of those areas. Layers. Layers. That was it. It was layers. Um, and you can add more wolves to your pack by finding these sort of wild wolf tokens out in the wilderness. And you howl to gain more uh, to your pack. And you start to pull stuff off of your player board in front of you, which inevitably unlocks new things or gives you more victory points. You can build dens. You can build layers which have uh, strength bonuses in certain areas. Um, and so the key of the game, though, I think, and we'll talk about it now a bit in more detail, is is it has a really unique action system. So on your turn, you're going to get to do certain things um, based off the cards that you have, these little cardboard sort of tiles at the top of your player board. And they're organized – or, or printed on each side with a particular terrain type. So you're going to get one default terrain that matches your wolf type. So I had uh, Arctic Wolves, I think, so I got like a little Arctic tile. But then I had four or five other tiles, something like that. And each one has a different terrain type on each side. So there's like grasslands, there's mountains, there's forests, there's the tundra. And as you want to move, you have to flip these tiles that have that particular targeted land type on them. So for example, if I want to move from the tundra to the mountains, I have to flip one tile that has a mountain face on it over to the other side, which might reveal, let's say, a a wetland or something. Um, If I want to howl, I have to do that with two tiles. And so I need two tiles of the same face if I'm targeting something in, let's say, a forest. I have to flip two two forest tiles. It's so hard, I think, to plan ahead in this game with everything else going on with your opponents and the way you're sort of setting these tiles up for the next round of play to be able to accomplish what you're kind of planning on doing. You can sit there and think, all right, I want to move over into this area and then I want to howl and try and get this wolf or I want to try to dominate and steal wolves from the other player. You've got to have like the right setup of tiles to do that or you just can't do it. So I thought it was a really, really good game. I loved how the area control worked and how it's not permanent. And I think that 
terrain tile system is a real brain burner. Thoughts? I loved that terrain system. And I'm not a big um, worker placement area control um, game player. This is different enough. But this was, this was, was you, it was like, it disguised the Euro things I yeah. hate. <laughs> very, very nicely thematically and gave me a little puzzle to play with, which was that terrain yep. tile. Um, it, it almost had an arc. It was probably closer to Arc Nova than any game I've played. Right, where like you're trying to make sure you get the right thing in the right slot, right? Yeah, because <clears throat> when you're trying to plan out your moves, um, it's got that chess aspect where you want to be two or three turns ahead. However, you don't want to get too far ahead because you won't. You, it, it won't happen. So don't waste your yeah. waste your time. Yeah, on that's it. the tricky part. Um, but um, but just thinking about it enough, like okay. Uh, but 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 the key of it is the timing, right? Because it's on a clock. So you need to um, sort of take a stand and where you want to earn points and where you want to earn points that are actually going to set you up for when the moon rotates again. And then you can keep, you can move your pack to keep scoring um, because you, you know, I think, I think you mentioned it, right? There's, is it what? So there's three moon cycles, three zones. So there's what? Nine total, right? Nine yes. zones total. So every moon cycle, only three of the terrain or three of the the sort of regions will score. But you know ahead of time when the others are going to score, right? Because they're all laid out in the beginning of the game and it just you just move what scores when. Or is it randomized in the second and third phase? I forget. But yeah, I think you, it, it's based off – you're talking about the scoring and where you score? Yeah, yeah, like each the, of the, the regions tiles that, that are placed represent a phase of the moon, and so the next phase, the the scoring tiles move to that particular matching phase. So, so planning out where you want to get your points, and it scores first place and second place, I think, in those regions. Other than that, there's no other scores, uh, and, and it's a pretty quick thing. It's all based on uh, majority. So, if you have five, someone has four, you get first, they get second, move on. Next region, same thing. Count them up, call it. Um, but, uh, I, um, I liked the hunting aspect of this game. Uh, I liked as it was getting closer to the end of the game, uh, how it sort of forces, uh, uh, again, it's not take that, but you can, you can convert other people's wolves if they're not on, uh, the terrain, if they're not on your home, home base terrain, uh, but it's hard to keep all your wolves on your terrain, which couldn't be converted. But then there's these wild tiles that you can pick up throughout the game, these wild bonuses that you could use. Um, so it just, it, it, it had a lot to it, but yet I found the mechanics, uh, simple and engaging, even though there was a lot going on, you know, from howling and converting wolves to hunting and, and then when to build layers and when to build dens and, or maybe you don't build any of those and when to recruit more. Like I loved all those decisions of this game. And, uh, for Joe's second year in a row, right? Second year for PAX, yep. he bought and picked up a great game. So, uh, Joe, Joe can always buy a game at PAX as far as, as long as we continue to go because he always finds winners. And I think, 
the Wolves is was was a solid solid fun game. Yeah, I would definitely play it again. Yeah, I was blown away how much I enjoyed actually. It. I was a little disappointed we didn't play it again. Yeah, me too. You know, I feel like we uh, will have opportunities next year to uh, once we start getting together again to play more because this one wants to come back out. I think all of us enjoyed it enough, and I it took me. I would say almost half that game to really start to get my head around everything because the tile thing was a little confusing. But once I started getting it, it started clicking and <laughs> I had some turns. That I, I saw having. this puzzle. I saw that puzzle right away. Yeah. I-, I knew that was the crux of the game. Um, and being able to, when you split your forces, um, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so good. And, and being able to position both packs to do something on the same turn is critical. Yep. Yeah, it's such a good game. So we'll definitely be seeing more of that soon. Very good pickup. Tip of the Kangol to Joe. Tip of the Kangol to Joe for his two-year second annual. Buy a game at PAX no one ever heard of or no one ever played, and it ends up being awesome. (laughs) Two for two, baby. So, yeah. So now we're getting, what, into late lunch? I think we had lunch after this, and then we dove in again. Yeah, so we set up the next game, which uh, was on my list of games in the bag that I brought called Creature Comforts. And Creature Comforts is a, I would call it a family style, uh, worker placement, dice placement, set collection, tableau building, resource managing, just... Uh, oh, not even it, – it's not cooperative, but it's also not aggressive like with each golden other. Right? Like uh, <laughs> yes, the golden corral of board game – golden corral of board game mechanics. Like there's a little bit of everything in there. Yeah, and yet it works so beautifully. Uh, plays pretty smoothly, I think. Uh, and But it took a little while. It was a little bit of a longer game. Uh, and again, we, I think that, what was it? We were about two or three sort of rounds away from ending and be like, you know, we could probably have cut a couple yeah. cards and ended this a little earlier. Cause they were just, it wasn't that it was bad, but it's, it just it sort of overstayed its welcome. And I think just because we knew we still had so many more games to play for the day. But that was, if this would be your only game you're playing, yeah. you know. I could see it being that was okay, my dichotomy but. with that game is it's it's designed to be a very approachable Everdellish style game, but the only way you're going to play through it quickly is with experienced gamers. I think if you're not, you're kind of waiting for people. Like my biggest complaint about the to be clear, I like this game a lot. I thought it was it obviously draws from Everdell, and it says it draws from Everdell. There's inspiration from Everdell in there, and you can see it in the in the fabric of the game. And I think the playthrough of it was fun. Uh, I liked it a lot. I would definitely get it on the table again to play. Um, the only thing was the pacing, just like you said. It, it's one of those games that seems like it's designed for sort of not newer players, but less heavy board gamers. But then the length of time to execute turns over the length of a round is – if you're not a heavy board gamer, an experienced board gamer, it's logs. So that was my only complaint about it. Otherwise, I thought everything about that game was very, very nice. I love the board. I love the art. I love the cards. I like the gameplay mechanics. I love the worker placement with the chance that you don't actually even get to use that worker. That's pretty cool. 
I love the dice modification so you can twist the luck your way if you fail at some point in time. Um, I like yeah. the little cards that can it's even got good it- give you some of those permanent bonuses, like that almanac was cool. Um, but yeah, I, th- I thought it was really, really yeah, it's good. It's got some good agency. Yeah. Like it really has a good agency balance, uh, and, and to it, uh, which is why, again, I like it a lot as well. Yeah. I, I thought it was, I agree with you. It was too long. It overstayed its welcome. But other than that, I thought it was an excellent game. And, uh, I, I would play that one again with four rather than five and probably love it because I think everybody yes. would know to kind of rip through the turns faster. Even we were laughing a little bit at Brad who was, literally doing his turn while Kirby was finishing his turn because he's just like, I don't want to have to wait and make everyone else wait. Cause it, uh, yeah, because there's no – other than like selecting certain cards or certain yeah. items for yep. your for your village, there is no it, – it's almost solo. It's it's like five-player solitaire. It's got that aspect to it. But, um, but – uh, it also shines at two player. Just, it's a really good two player game. Uh, my wife and I have played it several times so much that she was, you know, sort of, I showed her the trailer for Maple Valley and she's like, Oh, that reminds me of that game. Oh yeah. You should definitely get that game too. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So they, it, it's a good two player, but yeah, again, it can scale up to five again with that little bit of, well, this might take a little bit time, yeah. but. I think it's worth the experience anyway, just to go through it because it is a beautiful game. Uh, and it just is well done on, on all aspects. Yes. I it. would agree. So that took us. So that was, uh, now we're into early evening. And uh, while I was, I forget how this came up, but I believe I still wanted to keep some of my faculties with me. So we ended up playing Brian Boru, High King of Ireland. Yeah, I think this was, was our next this was game. your choice, if I remember correctly. Um, because I didn't want to get, I, I, I feel like I needed revenge in my <laughs> next game of Brian Boru because you keep, you continue to talk a lot of uh, smack, and uh, I've not really had a great Brian Baru showing, so I was hoping that this was going to be my time. So that's why I, I was hoping that we could get that one next. Quick to the table, quick to set up. Creature Comforts is all cleaned up. It's back in its boxes. Again, beautiful insert, easy tear down. It was great. So, Ryan, take us through Brian Baru. Yeah, we've talked about this before. It's another area control game. <laughs> uh, a lot more simplistic in its play than the Wolves, I think but still pretty deep. It's trick-taking. So we had another trick-taking game for the weekend, which was nice. But then this one, you're winning tricks and taking over uh, certain pieces of terrain in Ireland. And you're trying to basically dominate a region and score points for that at the end of the game, as well as advance on a marriage track and a uh, uh, the church track, I guess you could call it, where you can get monasteries to build at double the power of a particular location. So multiple ways to score victory points and uh, – Long story short, you did not succeed in knocking me off the throne. Uh, another player did. A surprise ascendant to the throne of, of Ireland, Joe. He, uh, he, he did a good <laughs> job that game. Like He just spread out to a bunch of different regions, and I think he finally solved the puzzle that is Brian Baru, and, and I couldn't get anything going that game. I just couldn't get the cards, 
Sometimes that's how it goes in those games, especially trick-taking games. But it was fun. I was second place, though. Yes. If I remember correctly. So I was so close. So close. (laughs) I could taste it. But, uh, but yes. I was thwarting you a lot that game, so. (laughs) You were. And not on purpose. And, and, and any, no, no, I know. But Joe was also taking advantage of that too. And, 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 and he, he saw it. He saw you and I had a rivalry going and the enemy of my enemy is my friend. And Joe played that way beautifully the entire game. Yes. And you can't fault him for that because we made it pretty public. We made it pretty apparent because <laughs> that's how we play games. You get games. mad, I laugh, um, and I play more cards to frustrate you. And it just continues like that until Joe wins or Brad wins. <laughs> Such is our dynamic. But yeah. Yes, there's a rinse and repeat in there. It's, it's a great trick-taking <laughs> game. A trick-taking with area control. Nothing like that. It's one of the more unique ones in my collection, and I always enjoy playing it. I'm glad we got it out. I don't think it's everybody's favorite. But I, I think uh, it's it's one of those ones that just yeah. But it's got a home. It's got it a does, home. Yeah. It's got a home in our in our um, sort of quiver of just games that we can slam real yep. quick, right? Easy teach. We can play. We all know it. It's fun. Let's just yep. play. Right? Agreed. It, it it hits those, which is why it was in the bag. To begin with, that's what we talked about, um, which is why we get 17 games in this <laughs> in a day and a half, right? These were games we knew how to play. We knew were fun. The, if there is any teaching, it's a quick learn. Let's go. Yep. And it was so, all that. It, it, it checks the boxes. Yeah. So we move into a another, another new game that we, none of us brought, none of us bought, but uh, someone had that we didn't know was coming. And it was a game called Overboss from Brotherwise Games. And I got a chance to learn this on Thursday evening, uh, prior to everyone showing up for PAX. Um, but this is, I, I think I even made the joke, and, and I'm not trying to slam flat out, but basically flat out, their entire company is based on this game. <laughs> Feels like it. Um with their with their products like Cascadia and um, Verdant, I mean Overboss sort of had uh, pieces of each of them. Yeah, uh, and Overboss is uh, a you're building a I guess sort of a tableau of land types. Every land type is unique and scores differently. You then choose a on your turn you pick a terrain type and you pick a minion. That uh, aligns with that. You're picking minions from bags. Uh, there are a couple special types of uh, tokens that come out of the bag as well. But you put them on your map, and they all score uniquely. And at the end, uh, I think, how, how does that work? When whoever lays their last tile, that ends it, right? Because you can't get extra tiles. So everyone will get an, an even amount of turns to lay, play, place tiles. And you just count them up at the end, and whoever wins, wins. But it's simple, it's fun, it's unique. Um, I enjoyed it. Again, I played it twice, once on once Thursday, once here on Saturday, uh, with a uh, two-player on Thursday, and then we played with five on Saturday. 
what are your thoughts on Overboss? I thought it was fun. You definitely see the comparison to the the flat out games. It's like building a little uh, world map in like an NES game with the the pixelated graphics and stuff. And there's enough ways to kind of vary your scoring conditions. I was trying to play off of the the hidden boss a little bit more. I thought that would have more of an impact, but it didn't seem to as much with scoring. Um, but it was fun. It was, it's a good little. I don't want to say it's a filler game because it's not really a filler game, but it's like a, a little bit of a step above that. And it's. I think if you know how to play it, it becomes filler yeah. quickly. Yeah, would, like if you've agree. played it enough, it can get down to that filler category where you can bang this out in a half yeah. hour. It's just boom, 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 score, right? Like it, it could, yeah. right, with a specific group of people. But yeah, it's for what it is. It's pretty fun, and, and it's not something that's terribly difficult to to play with five players. I think we move through pretty quick. The drafting everyone's kind of familiar with from playing. Verdant and Cascadia, so it just it just went quick, but yeah, solid game. Yeah, it definitely made the teach super oh, easy. Yeah. I mean, it's pick a tile, place a tile, pick a token, place a token. Maybe you don't have to. Okay, move on, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, you know, and then there's like you know some some unique unique aspects to it, but it's not overly complicated. No. Plus, it's uh, asymmetric bosses that you you know players you know with powers. Um, the terrain tiles are so unique and so different that like you randomize who you, what you start with. So it could really make or break how you want to think about building your, your sort of tableau up. Um, that one was bizarre, dude. I kept getting those clouds. Yeah. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> yeah. It worked out really weird. So the one tile was, it did. So the one tile that, uh, got selected was it was a cloud city, right? And it gets minus one for every other terrain type. Well, I don't think I got other terrain types till what? Like the, the second to last, third last. So those things were all worth five points, right? Yeah. Is that how it was? Did I have minus yeah, was, two or was it I minus it was, three? I, I forget. It was five. I think you had two. Yeah. And I was just like, because it just randomly kept coming up, or there was two out there, and someone who took it before me left one sit by the time it got back to me. Um, and then my boss, uh, monsters and scoring was not being able to, uh, don't trigger any bands, don't get any bands. So it was like, I didn't care what the tokens were, as long as they weren't, you know, two in a row to get me a band in any way, up, down, or, or, uh, left and right. So I, I don't know. I, I enjoyed that game. Um, I sort of put it, I, I almost put it on the same level as Verdant. I like it just as much as Verdant, um, a lot. Yeah. I think, cause I think Verdant, um, is more my speed than Cascadia. Cascadia makes my brain hurt. <laughs> um, but, but I like Verdant and I like this. They're, they're, they're sort of in that. That space for me. Yeah, one's like more outward focus from scoring, one's more inward focus from scoring, but they both have that same healthy mix of potential scoring conditions that can win you a game. So yeah, they're very, very comparable. I can see the comparison working there. So what do we we moved on to uh so th- to something a little more fun after this, right? We uh we did some green team wins. <laughs> I don't want to say Overboss no? wasn't fun, well- but this is a different kind of fun. Well, did we move? Uh, I had Nidavellir. Oh, did next. we do Nidavellir did, next? Did I not have him in order? Yeah, maybe you're right. Did I have him in order? I think I, I had think him in you, order, I think right? You're right. Right. So Nidavellir was next. 
Yeah. Nidavellir was next. Uh, it was Kirby's first time playing Nidavellir, yep. right? So we had a new teach. Um, yeah, I won't. And we had... I was going to say, we don't even have to go over the rules. We've talked about this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, coins. Get higher coins, pick dwarves, get ranks, get heroes, call it a day. Yeah, pretty much. You want to have the points for that. At the end, right? Dwarves, points, coins, done, right? Yeah, I think. Uh, <laughs> it's like when you leave the house phone, wallet, yeah. keys, points, dwarves, ranks, right? Like the right? <laughs> wallet and watch. <laughs> coins. <laughs> yeah, yeah um, I think uh, Kirby did pretty well despite being his first time. Yeah, so for, that was good to see. It yeah. seemed like it. He saw it. Bit. He saw the game. Well, that and we kind of told him to go for the miners, Never. but I think he got it like halfway through. He's like, all right, yeah. this is pretty good. Yeah. Uh, that game's always fun. Who ended up pulling that out? I forget. Joe. Was it Joe? Because yes, he stacked yeah. the purple. Because he had purple, yeah. right? Because I had green and purple are worth more yeah. than green by like 20 some points. Or was it verse, vice versa? He had green. No, I think you had green. And I had, he purple. had purple. Something like that. That's what the difference was. Um, and I had an ass load yeah. of coins, and then Brad, I don't know what he was doing. Oh, and then Brad tried to do the, 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 the trolls, yeah. right? Where he you get the dwarf, the, dwarf. That's the right. dwarf kings he, or whatever. He, I think he had two, and yeah. he was working on the third. He might have had the Did third. He? Or is that, or was I it? I forget. I think he had the third. He just didn't have the fourth. Because the fourth is what, 86 points something or something ridiculous. like that? It's something ridiculous, yeah. right? Yeah, so he was like in the high 40s on points or something, four, 50s maybe? I forget, yeah. though. Yeah, but we love Nidavellir. We talked about Nidavellir earlier. Ryan got the newest expansion. Uh, this is just silly, fun, quick, uh, contentious. Love it. You outbid that, each yeah. other on cards you yeah. want. It's just great. It's great. It's so good. But when it works in your favor and you put your coins and you get the three, you, you do the three things you wanted to do at each of the ends, you're just like, oh. You just feel so rewarding, like you you know what to do, and then the next round you don't even know what's going on. It Pretty changes much. completely. <laughs> but I love it. But I love it. Um so our next one was another new game none of us have ever played. Joe picked it up at PAX called Shifting Stones from Game Right. He was very excited to get to the Game Right, right booth. Is that correct? Yeah, he loves game right games, and as do many of us. There's no knock game right. Yeah, game right can can get some winners. And Shifting Stones, in my opinion, is no exception. I loved this game a lot. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think that I win the last, one, the second one, because we ran this back right away. I didn't win the first one. I know I, I didn't win the first second one. one. Yeah, or maybe, you, but. I don't know. Um, or did I lose both? But it was close both times, I, I think, I can't or something like that. Anymore. <laughs> I forget. But it's it was gone now. But basically, you draw a hand of cards, and what you're trying to do is so the hands of cards are your also currency at being able to manipulate this tableau of stones in front of you. So there's is it nine stones? Yep. Right, three wide, or is three there high. twenty, or three, three, three by three. Yeah. Um. And you have a card that you're trying to get it to match. And then when it matches, then you can flip it down and then that card is worth points. So you can spend cards to move tiles, to flip tiles, and do all kinds of rotations on tiles. Um, 
but you only have a hand, a limited amount of cards in your hand, which is your currency to do these actions. So on your turn, you can do as much as you want or as little as you want. And whatever you spend, you can draw back up. And you're just trying to manipulate the stones in the middle. And you don't know if you're helping your, uh, your, your opponents because they, you might be moving a stone to help you, but it triggers them to actually have a goal completed. So they just flip it down. Um, and, uh, what is it? First person to seven? I think seven. Yeah. Seven, like seven, seven uh, rounds one or whatever. Seven patterns. Yeah, yeah, seven cards, scoring yeah. cards down. And once you hit seven cards, yeah, seven scoring cards, then you ta- tally it up. Whoever has the most ones gets a bonus three points. Uh, and then it's, you see who has the most points. But <clears throat> for such a small, simple game, I really, really love the crunch of it. I thought it was so good. And I think even price point wise, what was it? 20 bucks if that? I think 18. 18? Like, that's just, I, I don't know. I was impressed with it. Again, Joe, tip of the Kangol, two in a row, two years in a row, two games this trip. I, I loved it. Ryan? Yeah, I mean, this is a, a perfect filler style game. Uh, very fun, very quick. Still enough difficulty there to keep you entertained. You're constantly trying to get the most points you can out of every turn because there's just, very few turns, honestly, with reaching seven happens pretty quick. So for 18 bucks, like excellent filler game. And you can play this with just about anybody. So I thought it was a great choice. Yeah. So we kept the fun and party light style going. Cause at this point now we're, I think we're what 11 o'clock approaching midnight here at yeah, this point. It's midnight. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, we kept the party game style going because again, shifting, shifting stones was pretty, pretty light, but yet still crunchy enough from a decision standpoint. And we broke out green team wins. So much like shifting stones, we played green team wins two times in a row. Again, quick 15 minutes each. Uh, I think we've, we've talked about green team wins on the yeah, on this we podcast did. before, right? Yep. So, again, it's a word-style game. You want to be in the majority. If you're in the majority, that's the right answer, and you score more points. But it's – This is a chameleon again, game. Mixed group. Where the group you play yes, with you changes wanna, the enjoyment changes of the game. Changes your answers. Yes, we had yes, the yes. our good, you know, good uh, consistent game group with us uh, that we're very familiar with, and so that made the entertainment value go through the roof. I honestly can't tell you – Anything about the two sessions, but I know we loved it and we had we, fun. We laughed a lot. We laughed a lot. <laughs> we and did we laugh a lot. Called we called each other weird for some of the choices that were out there. So that's generally what happens with that game. Yeah, this was – yeah, because you never know. Uh, but yeah, that, that, that was going to be the cherry on the night. But we could not go to bed. Without one round of <laughs> the holy grail of games in the bags, our game of games that we all love, our core four. No offense, but our core four, we needed a war chest uh, because you and I, I think, have been undefeated for how many games of war chest? Is it five, six at this point? It's at it least feels four. like it's been up forever. And, and to be fair, like I we've mean, rolled the die 
the D20 to pair up teams the last <laughs> yeah, four times, have. and you and I keep getting paired. <laughs> and, we- <laughs> and this one started off kind of like some of the others where it was like each of you getting murked over and over again, and me sitting yes. there going, God damn it, everyone hates going to lose this. Everyone hates me. Yeah. And we yeah. uh, we did it again, buddy. We did it again. We did it again. And I don't want to hear any more about the marshal. We had no because we did it without the marshal yep. this time. We beat you. We we won without you. Had the marshal. You had the power. You had marshal. We didn't. And they and, used it. Uh, Joe and and Brad used oh, it very very well. They I was marshaled well. several times. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was good. Um, I think there was just a skosh more table talk needed with them. <laughs> And, and it could have, it could have been the difference. Um, there was one where, thing um, from that game that was absolutely clutch and I will not forget it. It was when <laughs> Brad had the siege tower, which gets to double attack and double attacked my swords. Uh, just like the, the sword guys, I guess just swordsmen. I don't remember what they're called. Footmen. Yeah. Know. And, uh, I had a stack of two, so he would have killed both of them. They were bolstered. And I have that stupid war wagon, which does absolutely nothing of value except moves a little bit. But it also <laughs> absorbs hits. So I used it to take the wounds instead of the swordsman and ended up – those survived. And the next turn, I was able to take out one of his units off that siege tower, which was a huge swing. If I had lost both those swordsmen there, that would have probably been a really bad thing for us. <laughs> Yeah, we we may not have been able to overcome that because I was so pinned down on the one yeah. side of the board. No matter what I brought out, it was getting marshaled yep. or and Brad crossbowed. I mean, I he I couldn't had done such a good job on that side that with the siege tower supporting them and putting himself in a position to pressure us. Like he played very very well that game, and Joe did too. Like both, to both their credit, they both played completely. Oh fine. yeah. Uh, it just, I don't know. We got, we got the magic stuff for that. This. You and I rarely team up on anything, but that game, if there's ever a world tournament, we're going. Yeah. If there's ever a doubles war chest we'll tournament. Get shit pushed in and quit for life. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're going to be, we're going to be taught how to play the game. But. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, but I do love <clears throat> war chest. I'm so happy we got to play it. I, I just, yeah, I, I never, Ever get bored and old with War Chest. So I love good. it. I'm I looking forward so to bringing it to the Nerd Hammer Christmas Such a well-done game. Because we're going to have some fun there, too, watching others play. Oh, I'm yeah. excited. Oh, if we, if we get into a tournament of War Chest, <laughs> oh, I can't it's wait. It's going to be good. I can't I wait. I just want to see Langle and Ank on a team just fuck, just yelling <laughs> at each other all night about, what like, are you moving there pinky for? In the, pinky yes. in the brain. Somebody smacking the other. It's just going to be great. I can't wait. But we finished yeah, that up at like, like two thirty in the morning, so we didn't get to bed till after yeah. three on Saturday. And then I was up pretty early Sunday to get yeah. home. But what a what a weekend! We had a lot of fun and a lot of games were played yeah. and some good purchases too. And I'm looking forward to getting Hall the Mount Fall yeah. the Mountain King out after Christmas and getting that tried soon. We'll have something else to play too. Yeah, game group uh, game group starts back up in Jan. Yep. Right, um, we've got a date picked already. Looking so, forward to it. Oh, did did I miss that, or did you have it? Did you not? Oh, I did. It out? You're just an idiot. 
Oh, I'm just an idiot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I'll make sure I, to get I that usually forget everything. So you're not alone. But so that was PAX 2022. What a success that was and a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to, uh, I think it was, I got home on Sunday and I'm like, well, boys, only 364 more days till next PAX. <laughs> and I typed it out. I was like, oh, but yeah, it was great. I think yeah, we all had a blast and everybody's looking forward to doing it again next year. And one of these days, hopefully we'll get uh, permission to go out to Gen Con. I would love to do that. That would be a fun trip too, but that's a, that's a hike all the way out to Indy. Yeah. Um, but that is the closest next convention, right? Before, unless we go to, cause it's, that's, it's, uh, that's what West for us. But if we go South, we've got some stuff down in Georgia and we've got some stuff in Florida. Yeah. PAX but, East is is in Boston too, but it's not it's not solely tabletop. But there's a good tabletop presence there too, so we'll yeah. have to check that out. But well, I think that's going to do it for this episode. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, uh, I got my bot. I didn't. I haven't bought anything since uh, uh, since PAX. I bought one thing. Um, Green team wins. <laughs> yeah. Did you really? Yeah, uh, I ordered Green Team. You, but where'd you find it? Uh, so I ordered oh, it through it Amazon, Amazon, but then I was like, I'm going to check if the publisher has has it, and they had it. So I ordered it from them this morning. So we'll see. I, I didn't cancel either order yet, so we'll, maybe I'll get two copies and gift one to somebody. But yeah, I ordered it. Got to have that game. Very fun. Very nice. Nice. Uh, uh, I'm glad everybody was able to uh, enjoy our, our pre-packs and post-packs recap. And uh, we're going to talk one more time before the end of the year to talk about our year-end episode and some of our favorite games played through 2022 and some of the things we appreciated throughout the last year, as well as some stuff we're looking forward to next year. So we'll have one more episode before the new year hits. So stay tuned a couple weeks from now, maybe over the week between Christmas and New Year's, we'll, we'll push out another episode. But uh if we don't get time to uh, to come back before then, I hope everybody has a very wonderful holiday season, a very safe and enjoyable time. I hope everybody plays a whole bunch of games over that period of time and enjoy your your Christmases. Yes, and your definitely play games. New Year's and your Kwanzas and your hopefully Hanukkah. Santa. Hopefully Santa brought you lots of cardboard and meeples under that you know, tree. I'll be rolling some Santa versus Krampus dice thrown over the holiday too, just to stay in the spirit. So. Yeah, I'm going to try to get uh, green team wins at the family. That's why stuff. I ordered it. I think they'll enjoy it. <laughs> We're having some friends yeah. over, the, seeing some friends in between Christmas and New Year. I, I'm like, I got to have that. Everybody's going to love that one. So it's a good one. Cat in the box a little too crunchy for that crowd. I think green team wins will work. But yeah, everybody yeah. enjoy your holidays, play some games, and we hope we'll see you uh, after the New Year. And hopefully we'll talk one more time before then to talk about our year-end wrap-up. And then in January, the plan right now is we're going to rank. Are we doing it? Are you going to put it out there? Top if you're going to put it out there. games that we love individually. Uh, episode one will be 50 through 25 and then uh, or 26, I guess. And then 25 up to the top spot on the one. second episode. So look for that after the new year. All right. I am uh, looking forward Me to it. Me too. That. It's going to. I gotta get started. <laughs> I started. I've like fifteen <laughs> so Me too. It's a good start. I'm getting there. It's a lot of games. Awesome. All right, folks. Well, thank Enjoy you, your holidays. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys again soon. Until then, play games and try not to lose your friends. Later. Later.